So today, we have uh, been studying the life of Peter, and we're looking today at some Easter time scriptures. And I don't think I've ever looked at these scriptures outside of Easter, but normally our focus is on Jesus because he is the central character of all of this that's happening. But today, we're looking at this Easter story from the life of Peter, from his perspective. And last week, we talked about how Peter thought he was ready. He was ready for anything that uh, would come his way, if he had to die, if whatever, put in prison, he was ready. Well, he wasn't ready. As we'll see today, uh, he failed when it came to being courageous enough to stand up for Jesus. And as we think about that, the title of our message today is Watch Out. And it is a message from Jesus to Peter. Hey, Peter, watch out. You're not ready. And and so I want to introduce a word that we're going to be looking at. And there's 10 things we're going to look at with this word today. And it's the word keep. The idea that what we have to keep in mind to keep following Jesus as a true disciple And and so we're going to be looking at Mark uh, chapter 14. We're going to pick up where we ended last week. And here is what Jesus said to Peter. I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared. I had to say that like that because he said it emphatically. And uh, he said, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. Do you know what a vow is? It's a a promise. Peter makes a promise. Those disciples made a promise, a promise to God. I mean, Peter says, hey, I'm for you. I'm I'm ready to die for you. I'll never deny you. But then he does. But he promised. Isn't that interesting? We make promises these days. And I want to tell you, number one on your list of ten things to keep is to keep your promises. Now, keep your promises and especially keep your promises to God. And you don't even have to pinky swear. You you can just let your word be your word. Uh, I don't know why it is, but it seems like it's even easier for us to keep promises to each other than it is to keep promises to God. I I don't know if that's true for you, but Peter has made vows, promises, and he fails to keep them. And to God, wow. So the first thing, keep your promises. In verse 32, we have a transition in the Scripture. Uh, They leave the upper room and the Last Supper, and here's what it says. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane. This word Gethsemane is actually the words in English, olive press. Gethsemane sounds much more fancy, sophisticated, but that's all it means, olive press. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I go and pray. But notice he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. You know, we don't hear about Jesus being deeply troubled and distressed very often. 
I don't know if you're one of those people that gets d distressed, uh, but this is a pretty significant event when Jesus has to take time and call his friends together with him to pray. He needed them at that time. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. What was weighing so heavily on Jesus' very soul? It was what God was asking him to do, to be that sacrifice for our sin. He says to his disciples, stay here and keep watch with me. Peter is asked by his rabbi, by his teacher, by his Lord, his literally master, and, and this idea of keep watch, it actually means to sit down, to stay awake, to, to pray, to be ready for the temptation that you might have to face. It really means watch out. Uh, a, a disciple, though, must obey his teacher. But Peter does not. He falls asleep. And so that's the next thing we need to keep in mind. We need to keep alert. There are times when we really need to be on our guard. We need to be alert. We need to be alert to temptation and to, uh, to sin. We need to watch out, be alert, keep alert. Jesus then, in verse 35, when he went on a little further, and he fell on the ground, and he prayed, if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Have you ever faced one of those awful hours and felt like, Lord, I can't do this. Just, I don't want to do this. Pass me by. And Jesus is facing that kind of a moment. Notice verse 36, he says, Abba, Father. And our best translation of Abba is a term of endearment that you would address a father. Not exactly, but kind of like saying daddy or, or dad. And he says this, and he cries out to his father. He says, everything is impossible, is possible for you. And you know what I think he's thinking about what's possible at this moment? It's possible I don't have to go through this, Jesus is hoping. He says, please take this cup of suffering away from me. How often have we said that? God, I just can't do this. Help me, take this away. Most often, God doesn't take away our suffering. He just helps us to endure it. And then Jesus says this, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. So I want to let you know that what we need to keep in mind here is that we need to keep right in God's will, right in the center of God's will. That's Jesus' prayer, that he would be in the center of God's will. And it's his prayer for Peter. It's his prayer for us, right in the center of God's will. And with the Holy Spirit's help, we can do impossible things. God will make a way. God's will will be done, and it will always be best. It may not seem so at the time, but God's will is always what's best for you. If we keep in the center of God's will, 
in the center of his in that relationship with him, then he will be with us. He will go with us through these difficult things. Verse 37 tells us that he came back. He returned and he found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Jesus needed his friends. He said, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. And here's this famous line. You've heard this. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. The flesh is weak. And so that's the next thing we need to keep in mind. We need to keep watch and we need to pray. We need to pray for strength. Jesus is praying for the strength to go through what he, God is asking him to do to make this sacrifice. We need to pray. And, and it's a prayer for spiritual strength, certainly, but also for emotional strength and physical strength, for mental strength. Isn't it amazing that those are the kind of things that Satan likes to attack? He, he'll attack you in one area and it kind of spills into another area. And, and if you're emotionally uh, distraught, then you're not thinking clearly. You're open to physical illness and certainly your spirit suffers. You know, it's amazing that we have got to have all these areas of our life right there where God would have them. And we, and we got to keep watch. We got to pray so that we will be able to endure the attacks because Satan will attack you. Verse 39. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. Have you done that? You had a prayer and it, you just didn't feel like you got through or you got the answer you wanted and you had to go back and pray for the same thing over and over. Jesus did that. This is a momentous time in Jesus' life and he's praying for strength. When he returned to the disciples again, he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open. And notice this, he wakes them up and talks to him and they didn't know what to say. You know, have you ever been in that situation where you've been caught in some situation and, and you just don't know what to say? Because there's nothing you can say. Uh, they were asked to watch and pray, to stay awake, to be alert. And physically, they were exhausted and they weren't able to do it. So... He, they didn't know what to say, and he returned to them a third time. And he says, go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But in a moment, it all changes. But no, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And that's the next thing we need to keep in mind. We need to keep up. We need to keep up with what's going on around us. We need to keep up with what God wants to do in our midst. And we need to keep up with it so that we can join Him in that effort. Also, we need to keep our heads up. We need to keep our spirits up. We need to keep up with God. If we will keep up with Him, He will sustain us. And we need to keep up. Luke says some Additional information on this same passage, uh, and so we're going to switch over to his gospel. This is Luke 22, beginning at verse 47. 
But even as Jesus said this to the disciples, a crowd approached, led by Judas, one of his 12 disciples. Judas walked over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? You know, it's just amazing here that Judas thinks that maybe he's forcing Jesus' hand to kick out the Romans. I don't know what his agenda is, but when we bring our agenda and make it more important than God's agenda, then we're not doing God's will. We're doing our will. And that's what Judas is doing here. And he does it with affection, a kiss, that kind of a greeting. How that must have hurt Jesus even more. When the other disciples, in verse 49, when when the other disciples saw this, what was about to happen, they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? Now, I want to just remind you that earlier in the day, Jesus had said, hey, you got to watch out for these times. If you don't have one, you should buy a sword. Very peculiar that Jesus would say that. And sure enough, They have some, but it's going to go quite differently. They say, Lord, should we fight? We brought swords. You know, it's it's always good to have a, a weapon if you're facing somebody who has a weapon too. Well, these people have brought swords. Is there going to be a fight here? Well, this is not the way God fights his battles. Verse 50 tells us one of them struck the high priest's slave. Well, this uh, is in all the Gospels, but John actually tells us which disciple did this. Who pulled out the sword? It was Peter. Of course it was Peter! And so Peter cuts off this... I I guess he's trying to hit him in the head, and he doesn't do very well, but he gets he cuts off his right ear. And, And actually, John even tells us that his name is Malchus. And and he got in the Bible. Whatever happened to Malchus? Wow. No, he got his ear restored. Uh, it says, but Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. I wonder if Malchus had a scar that reminded him of that night. And what happened to him? Well, someday we can check. But John tells us this, but... It's not what Jesus wants. Jesus says, no more of this kind of fighting. What what I think Jesus is really saying, and what we need to keep in mind here, is the next one, to keep calm. Have you seen all these things? uh, There's so many of these little banners and T-shirts and everything that say, keep calm, and then whatever anybody else wants to say as their own private little message, you know? You know, there's all these keep calm things, but... You know, Peter's been told to, hey, keep calm at other times. Calm down. The important thing is here that we don't have to enter into these battles of life the way the world fights them. Weapons, verbal attacks, lawsuits, these are not the Lord's way. Keep calm and wait on the Lord because He is the Prince of Peace. And he will be peace and calm even in a difficult situation 
like he faced this night. Uh, a good lesson for Peter, a good lesson for us. I, I like this because uh, Peter's had other occasions when he needed to calm down. One was when he was out on a boat and Jesus came walking on the water and, and he said, hey, Lord, if it's really you, I want to come out and walk with you. And he does. He got out of the boat. Crazy. But then he loses his cool and he starts to sink. And, and Jesus says, no, calm down. It's okay. I got this. I'm here. And that's a good thing. You see this slide says, two men can do anything as long as one of them is the Lord. And with God, like, like that song we sang earlier, God can do impossible things. And, that, and he wants us to join him in that. So verse 54 of Luke says, so they arrested Jesus and they led him to the high priest's home. Why to the high priest's home in the middle of the night? Well, that's where the high priest was in the middle of the night. And um, they arrested him, and it says that Peter followed at a distance. So here's another thing to keep in mind. Now, bear with me on this, that sometimes we need to keep our distance. After all, we're in COVID, so it's good advice. Keep, keep social distance, keep your masks. And, and uh, you know what? Peter is ready to, to face anything, he says. He's not ready to face that crowd in that courtyard. He's not ready to stand up for the Lord, as we shall see. And I'll tell you, if you're hanging with the wrong people, you need to keep your distance. If, if you're hanging with a crowd that tempts you to sin, and you do sin, and, or, 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 you, or you get all upset and you argue and you yell, let me just tell you, politics and religion really don't have any place in discussion at Thanksgiving dinner. That is not a place to, to battle that. Uh, it's a place to love and encourage. Love and grace, peace. And, and Jesus, those are always welcome. So keep your distance from arguing too and, and bring love and bring grace. And so Peter's walking at a distance and he does okay when he keeps his distance. And let me just tell you, this is good advice for us to keep your distance from sin. If you're not ready, as we shall see, Peter is not ready, and stay away. So verse 55, it's the courtyard of the high priest. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it. And here it is, and Peter joined them. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. And finally she said, this man is one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. And it's interesting to look what he said next because he didn't say, excuse me, ma'am, no. He said, woman, which in this case is like a derogatory reference. Woman, I don't even know him. Who do you think you are talking to me? You know, it's, it's that kind of a, Almost an expletive in this moment. And what Peter should have kept in mind and what he should have done and what we should do at times like that when the pressure's on is keep quiet. Keep quiet. Abraham Lincoln said, it's better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak out and remove all doubt. He didn't say that. 
we all think he said it. And so I looked it up, and guess what? It wasn't Mark Twain either. Mark Twain and Abraham Lincoln both get credited with this, but neither one actually said this. So, you know, Abe Lincoln, he was an honest Abe, right? I tell you, if you can't tell the truth, don't tell a lie to hide the fact that you can't tell the truth. I mean, Peter, come on, wake up. Oh, that was number one. Or, uh, number two, be alert, keep alert. He's not. He's not alert to this, and, and, and he, he lies. He, he swears. He, he, he makes bold statements. And you know, this had to be a traumatic incident for Peter. All four of the Gospels mention this, and they talk about Peter's failure. It must have been really tough for him. Verse 58, after a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No, man, I'm not. And here he goes again. No, man, you know, no, man, I'm not. He retorted. Do you retort? I'm pretty good at retorting, uh, but I'm not even sure what retorting means, but it must be pretty severe. Uh, uh, but verse 59, an hour later, someone else insisted. This must be one of them because he's a Galilean too. You know, Peter's associated because they could tell by his accent that he was from that part of the country. And by association, got picked out. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the words had not gotten fully out of his mouth. And the rooster cried. The next line in Luke is very interesting. And I think Luke is the only one who mentions this. But at that moment, okay, imagine they're in the courtyard and, and maybe Jesus has been taken to a room off to the side or maybe upstairs and he's on a balcony. Because at that moment, Jesus looks at Peter and has eye contact. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. What must that moment have been like for him? Caught in his lie, in his sin. The other thing we have to keep in mind is we have to keep the faith. No matter how difficult times get, we need to keep the faith. We need to keep our eyes on the Lord for He watches over you. He watched over Peter in this moment. He watches over you. Even though you may fail, you may sin, you got to hang on to faith, the faith that you have. And, and, and you will have God there to restore you. I, I saw this. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. What are we looking at? Are we looking at other people and comparing ourselves to them? Are, are, are you know, like Peter, well, even if everybody else, uh, you know, denies you, I never will. You know, we got to be careful about how we look at things. Because the verse goes on to say, Then Peter remembered that the Lord had said before 
the rooster crows, tomorrow morning you will deny three times that you even know me. It's interesting that it was three times because when you say something three times, that's a vow, that's a promise, that's solidifying something. Peter's becoming more solid, but not in the way of being the rock of Jesus. Peter was not ready to be in that courtyard. He was not solid enough to face that testing of his faith. Now, I haven't read from John today, but I want to tell you what John includes here. John tells us in his gospel that both he and Peter went to the high priest's home. And that, that John actually was acquainted with the high priest, and he's the one who got in. Actually, Peter was at first left outside the gate. He should have stayed out there, but he didn't. And so John actually goes and talks to the gatekeeper and gets Peter in. He gets him at least into the courtyard, and then John goes on. He is with Jesus. He's recording these events as an eyewitness of these things. And, and, and so he got Peter in, but John stayed with Jesus. And Peter stayed outside. And he's alone. Big mistake. Big problem. This happens. Jesus and Peter see each other. And the next verse is very telling. Verse 62. Luke tells us that Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. You understand he's not just weeping, he's weeping bitterly. Have you ever been there in that kind of anguish? That's what Peter's feeling in this moment. There, alone in the dark, he denied his Lord. The rooster crowed and Peter wept. He had failed to live up to what he said he could do, what he would do. But so do we. Have you ever made a promise to the Lord? Oh, yes, I'll do that. If you just get me out of this situation, if, you, if I just get that job, if I just get that girlfriend, if I just, I'll do anything for you. Keep your promises. Keep alert. Sometimes it's good to keep your distance and keep quiet. But keep the faith. Peter failed to live up to it. But what did he do next? What do you do next? That's what really matters. If you fail and his courage left him, what did Peter do? What do we all need to do? And it's the last one in your list of keeps. Keep in mind, keep going. Keep going. Keep going with God. We all need help sometimes. We need a hand up. We need friends around us who will help us stay strong. And we need accountability. We need encouragement. We need each other. That's the way we're designed, and that's the way the church is built. We are to be that for one another. Peter goes and leaves that courtyard, and what does he do? He goes and finds his friends, the other disciples. That was his first step 
of restoration and salvation. Peter is saved. Judas is not. Judas, a loner. Judas failed and quit and hung himself. Peter felt like it, but instead he found his friends. And within a couple of days, he's going to have an encounter with Jesus. And there's going to be resurrection, and there's going to be restoration. Come back next week. You know, about the time that we are ready to give up, Jesus comes alongside, and he reaches out his hand, and he whispers just to you, don't quit. Keep going. Keep your eyes on me. Keep the faith. Peter gets going, and he will become what Jesus believed he could be. And not this night. Not even this next week. It was going to be about 50 days that he's going to get there. But first, resurrection and restoration. When you have failed, and we all fail, we can't help but fail because the standard is the standard of God. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. That's a definition of sin. We all sin. But keep the faith. Keep going. Keep still and know. Jesus is God. He's got this. He's got you. Get back in the center of His will. He will help you there. It takes prayer. It takes keeping watch. It keeps uh, friendship around you. Get back in the center of the will of God and keep going. And that's our message. Happy Easter. But it's really more about Peter's view of all of this which maybe is closer to our view, too. So let me pray with you. Lord, we, like Peter, have all failed. We have been less than we thought we could be. And when we got tested, we failed. But Lord, don't let that be the end of our story. It is not the end of Peter's story. And I don't want it to be the end of our story. Lord, when we fail, let us find a fellow Christian that we can pray with and that we can be restored with. Lord, help us be the church, encouraging, loving one another, even in our sin. And Lord, sometimes we just try to fake it like we don't have any sins. We've just got everything perfectly going. Well, we know that's not true. But in all of this, Lord, you are able because you are the, the holder of our faith. And we can keep the little faith we have and you can grow it into something great. Lord, make it so. Be with that one who's feeling defeated today. Be with that one who's, who, who feels like they have failed. And Lord, I pray for hope and restoration and grace 
to be what you have called us to be. Make us strong, solid, like a rock. May it be so in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy fall. Fall finally happened. And uh, as we go forward, it's getting close. Thanksgiving's just around the corner. Christmas is coming. We're going to try to find a way to worship this Christmas like never before. It's not going to be about all the other stuff. It's really going to be about Jesus. So let's make it so. God bless you. You are dismissed.